Apparently. Whoops. I always do that. What? When I'm not paying attention, I go live oh. and I forget to do the intro. What? <laughs> all right, do the so intro. This is a little. Oh, all right, whatever. Still not sponsored by Duncan. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The clock is not broken, and nope. no, we're not an hour early. We I don't are know what you guys the, are talking about. We are on the mountain time zone. Uh, the mountain time zone. And, uh, yeah, what's going on with the... I don't know. You okay? No. Everything working? No, it's not working. <laughs> I'm not seeing anything here. Well, I'm just going to keep talking. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> I'm delayed. Imagine Yeah, you that. are. I got to hey. say, you're delayed. Are you new here? You're probably wondering what's going on. Oh, it's the the morning show. The woodworking morning show. And we talk about woodworking stuff, answer some questions, a lot of community things. Uh, Nicole grabs questions from the chat room. I have some questions here. This is Mark. I'm Nicole. Oh, look. <laughs> You're, we're totally up. You're so flustered. <laughs> like Whenever I start with the live thing and forget <laughs> to put the intro on, it's, it's game over. Yeah, yes. I'm all over the place. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. I want to thank some people who helped us out uh, on Patreon as well as uh, the YouTube membership thing. That's the actually uh, that's actually growing quickly. It is. Uh, one thing that we're doing with that. So, by the way, if you look at, is it on mobile yet? I don't know. Okay, so it's been on desktop versions where you look under the video, you'll see a little thing that says join or membership or something like that. Um, it's just the way for you to support your, your favorite creators. Uh, we have that set up so that if you join, you get some bonuses, including an after show, as well as occasional extra content. So there's two levels. There's the after show level. Uh-huh. And then if you want to give a little bit more, there's some behind the scene content. Yeah, I just put up a video the other day. Uh, just a quick couple of minutes showing uh, a little more in-depth of what I was working on in the shop. So if that's something you're interested in, go check it out. I want to thank Cummings Woodworks, Dave Miller, Brandon, Brendan Quinn, Mike Hammer, Nicholas Castle, Rick Rich Eklund, Bill Larson, Aaron Dowie, Brandon Hogg, and Brian Thibodeau. Uh, all those folks either did the Patreon, patreon.com slash woodwhisper, or the YouTube thing. So and we really you. appreciate it. Very nice. Thank you so much. Hey, speaking of thank yous. Oh, I got, yeah. I got a couple little thank yous myself here. Got a little thank you. I want to thank uh, my buddy Josh over at Josh He Scott. That's a good, that's a cool. It's a great uh, logo, right? It's a great logo. And and it's his favorite kind of shirt. Yeah, I like the thin stuff. I like some, I like some thin, Nicole, <laughs> so my nipples pop out when I walk around. Nice. Uh, so thank you so much, Josh, well, for the t-shirt. Oh, oh, Love me sorry. some t-shirts. Um, sorry, sorry. I was just trying to ch- test on the mobile app. Screwing around, Nicole. I know. Screwing around. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you can check him out at He's Got Design, and I believe that's how you pronounce your name, Josh. Um, we hope I, so. I've heard people say that, and I think that's how it's pronounced. H-E-S-C-O-T-T design.com, and then also check him out on Instagram uh, at Josh Scott. Instagram. Josh Heescott. Instagram. Instagram. So that's our show today, so we'll see you guys yeah, uh, yeah. next week. <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, our We got some questions. questions. Oh, wait, I got one more thing. Well, before you do that, I'll say... Um, I take questions from the YouTube chat, and for those that can't make usually, or stop it, sorry, <laughs> uh, or want to get their uh, questions at the top of the show, um, we have questions from the YouTube members section and the Patreon section that we Mark has pulled. So mm-hmm. if you're 
you're new, yeah. it's helpful to know. So uh, if you have seen the Morley videos in the guild, you've probably seen the elephants that he uses. Uh, ben over at Chalkstone Woodworking makes these pre-made. Uh, you know, this is obviously something you can make yourself, but sometimes it's nice to just buy one that's pre-made and ready to go. Uh, so he sent me one because we were kind of talking about it. and Where were you talking about it? What's that? Where were you talking about it? Well, in it? the guild, everybody's talking uh. about it. Because this L-Fence concept of like trimming and using it as like a flush trim operation is new and different. I mean new in the sense that a lot of people haven't seen it, uh, though the technique itself might be you know pretty old depending on those who are using it. Uh, but anyway, so you use this L-Fence to trim to a template. Uh, you can also do other things with it. It's pretty cool. And I get a lot of questions about, is this really safe? Is it? So the only way I could really evaluate the technique is to have one of these myself and do it. So Ben was kind enough to send me one. And I will be trying it out. Uh, and maybe, I don't know, in a future demo or guild meeting or something, uh, we'll talk about it. I like the tomato. You, you can't not notice the tomato. <laughs> it's called the L tomato fence. So I was going to ask if he was from New Jersey. I don't think so. Um, I think he's in the Northeast, though. I might be wrong on that. So go to uh, Chalkstone Woodworking is uh, his website, I think. Yeah, got it right here. Chalkstone Woodworking, and you could find that fence there, as well as videos showing how it works oh, if cool. you're interested in, in like, what, what's the whole point of this thing? Uh, Epo Opina wants to know how your Ember coffee mug is working out. So far, I mean, it does what it's supposed to do. It does what the reviews say. The battery doesn't last forever. You got to get it back on the charger. Um, but if you're looking for a couple of good constantly warm cups of coffee it's great if you're in the shop if you have another charger or you maybe you keep your charger plate in the shop that's probably best because whenever you think about it if you sit it down on the charger that can help you know slow the battery loss down overall i, I like it mm -hmm. but i don't think it's still i like my coffee mug i don't think it's rave worthy yet I think there's still, like, we have room for the technology to get a little bit better, uh, but it's still pretty darn good. As you can see, I'm using it. So our friend Bill Duran over at Punish Props, he does a lot of um, prop making, like cosplay stuff. His mother, Deb, made this and mm. sent it to me. It's her uh, Ruth Bader Gimbridge. Gimbridge. Gim are, are we, oh, I'm going to let you just roll just, with you that. Know, I'm not even going to correct you. Gimbridge? Gim Gershon. Gershon. <laughs> Ruth Bader Gershon. Terrible with names. Yep. Anyway, I love ones. it. I absolutely love it. Good job, Nicole. Okay, let's get to some questions. So uh, I got a few here. You got a few. Let's get going. Mm. Rick Eklund, or Rich Eklund wrote in. He says, I'm building a workbench and I am torn on the number of round dog holes to put into the top. How many is too much? Well, if your top looks like Swiss cheese, I'd say that's too much. Basically, your main set of dog <laughs> holes... You might find differing, differing opinions on this. Mine are spaced every five inches. So whatever the length of your bench is, every five inches, if you have a dog, you'll probably be covered for most things. Some people want to go a little bit closer. Five inches on center has worked out perfectly for me. Uh, with the round dog holes, though, you may have other things you want to use around the bench, other clamping items, hold fast, stuff like that. You only really need, like four or five, I mean, depending on what you do. The good thing about round dog holes is you could add them anytime you need them, right? So I would go for the main strip of dog holes in the front, and then for the rest of them, add a few, you know, kind of put a couple spaced out along the bench, and then see how it works out. Because a lot of times you might, I, like I'll look at where mine are, and I go, man, I wish I had one just a couple inches over, but I can kind of rejig what I'm working with to make it work. Um, so it wasn't like I needed to drill another hole. But if I needed to, drilling a hole ain't that hard, right? So... Um, I don't know. I, I kind of messed that one up over on your own. Drilling intentional <laughs> holes. I mean, it was very easy for you to drill that accidental hole. <laughs> this is hole. true. 
You're like, oh, look what I just did. I was did. like, oh. People are asking, since that outfeed table just came out, which, shoot, I'm, I'm not really good at announcing oh, yeah, these things. Yeah. The outfeed assembly table video, that just came out yesterday. The plan is available if you're interested in picking yeah. that up. If you're um, not a subscriber of the channel, you probably didn't know. That's right. So Nicole drilled into the top and made the first real big... Oops. Scratch in the new car, <laughs> let's call it. And uh, my mom actually was asking me, she's like, um, I think it was her who asked me, were you upset by that? Like, did it bother you? Well, I think, why, why was I talking about this with my I mom? I don't know. Maybe I was. Anyway, uh, no, not really. Um, the only thing that bothers me is now I have to fill it because I actually draw on that surface. Uh, yeah. So a little three-eighths round hole in it is a great place for your pencil And it's very shallow. It's just kind of... It doesn't need to be anything but just a hair shallow <laughs> mm -hmm. before my pencil gets stuck in it. So I will be filling it, but it's you know, not the end of the world. Anyway, if you go to thewoodwhisperer.com or, of course, to our YouTube uh, channel, you will see the latest video there. Uh, great build. Had a lot of fun with that one. People seem to be enjoying uh, watching it, so go check it out. Oh, and uh, maybe this isn't the crowd um, to say this to because they're probably already subscribed. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But Nicole had mentioned, you know, we don't dig into our stats very often, but Nicole had mentioned that like something like 75% of the people watching our videos are not subscribed. Probably didn't even know it. 75%. That's crazy. And yeah. using the YouTube app... I understand why. I started following a lot of tech people who do like um, PC gaming uh, reviews and builds. And I had been watching a few of them. And YouTube is real good at feeding you stuff it thinks you like, right? So it keeps feeding you these channels that you're watching. You don't even know that you're not subscribed. You assume you must be because mm -hmm. they keep showing up. So I guess that let's make that a, a little request. If you aren't already subscribed, go ahead and, and subscribe. And you won't miss out on anything. I have a question here from Kent Frost. Hey, guys. First time catching the live show. He, uh, beginner woodworker here. Yeah. Still getting my basic tool set built up and already working on a few projects around the house. With the Oh, I thought there was a question there. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Kent. That's just a nice well, comment. Good, good, keep going. Yeah, good yeah. luck with your projects. Yes. Sebastian says, I'm planning on building a slab cabinet door or slab cabinet doors. And I'll probably end up edge banding some plywood sheets with some solid wood strips and then applying the veneer on top of that. That's a good technique, I like that. My concern is that the paper layer from the paperback veneer could end up being visible when looking at the side of the board where the edge banding is. Uh, most of the raw veneer sheets that I can find online are quite narrow, less than 20 inches max. So you get what he's saying here? You get a piece of plywood, you take a solid wood strip, you glue that on first, then you flush it to the surface, and then you take your veneer and put it on top. And what that does is it makes your entire face a smooth, continuous, uh, run of material without a cross-banded, you know, piece of material on the border. And actually, it looks really good. And it's a great way to make a solid wood, or I'm sorry, a piece of plywood kind of look like solid wood. It may not be 100% perfect, but it's pretty darn close. So, he's asking about the paper-backed veneer. Paper-backed veneer is, think of a very thin sheet of wood with a piece of paper that has been glued to one side. Uh, this can be handy if you are dealing with a veneer that needs to take a lot of bends that maybe it's going to crack uh, or bust apart on you. It's good if you are maybe veneering something that you can't necessarily put into a vacuum press or put a lot of clamping pressure on and then you use something like contact cement to attach it. But in this case, he's talking about the widths of these being the reason he doesn't want to use raw veneer. Um, I would still recommend you use raw veneer. I, I haven't worked much with paper-backed veneer, but I have to imagine when you're going for this level of detail and you look at that side that you will see 
a nice consistent white line and it may be tiny and minuscule, but I think you're going to notice it and I think it's probably going to bother you. That's my best guess. So I would avoid it. And if your sheets are coming in under 20 inches and you need them wide, wider, is there a reason why you're not gluing them together? Uh, veneer sheets are very easy to you know, expand the width of a panel. So that would be my recommendation. Go with raw veneer, get enough material so that you can cut it up and joint them together, almost like you would with solid, uh, you know, full-size boards. I've even got a video. It's an old video, uh, way back in like in the tens, somewhere soul in Soul patch days. Back in soul patch hat backwards days. Uh, that's a great place to check. Um, and I show you how to stitch together pieces. I of love paper. that your facial hair is like the timeline. Yeah, you can identify. I think for a lot of guys, it's like yeah, that. You can identify... Yeah. Maybe haircuts, right? Mm -hmm. Or facial hair. Yeah, that's true. And now uh, hair changing color mm -hmm. is another thing. <laughs> Although I really screw it up when I, the occasion that I put dye in my hair, where people think it was a lot longer mm -hmm. ago, and I'm like, yeah, it was just six months yeah. ago. Uh, Paul had a quick question about the, the outfeed table plans, about oh, okay. why we put a limit on the number of downloads. Uh, I think it's just, like, if you need more. I get it. And I, I'll go change it. I understand. Um, I think the reason is because, and this is, I think, let's call this a consumer unfriendly perspective yeah. that I'm presenting here. When I say, how many friggin' times do you need to download it? <laughs> like download it and then you got it, right? <laughs> so the reason people put these restrictions on there is to prevent sharing of links, to prevent um, you know people coming back and, and giving it to someone else yeah, yeah. so it can be downloaded over and over and over. It's a security thing. But as is often the case when it comes to security protections, they are often end user unfriendly. So let's say someone has a computer problem and they click the link too many times and they, they just whatever mm -hmm. reason, they didn't actually get the well, download. Well, it was the same way with the book, the digital book. Yeah. I had it set up through a system called Pulley and they just defaulted. You could only download this three times unless you contact me and then I could re yeah. I could manually reset it which is the it same It can always be this. manually reset. Yeah. And I think when you when you just think of it from like the seller's perspective if you if you put a limit of 15 times or 10 times on there you go yeah I think 10 times is enough enough tries uh, because <laughs> once you have the file you've got the file. Um, but if that is creating a problem for technical reasons, I can increase the limit. I can make it unlimited mm -hmm. so that they can go back anytime. And I know that's way more convenient for people, but it also then presents a security hole. I'd rather make customers happy sure. than worry about people stealing uh, a $15 plan, right? Yeah. So uh, I appreciate the question. I apologize for the limit. And uh, after we're done here, I'll go in and increase it. <laughs> hey, welcome to the bonus live show, Donald Norton. He just signed up. Oh, uh, on sweet. Give him a little shout out. Hey, Donald Norton. Hey. Put up there. New member. Welcome. <laughs> Drinking the coffee. Uh, having a coffee. Oh, just like us. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> you gonna... Garrett, Garrett Barton says... Have you seen the new Woodpecker's multifunction multi router base? I uh, think that would be a significant upgrade to your Festool Edge Guide. The dial adjustability looks very interesting. Okay, so Woodpecker's, we kind of alluded to this last week. We talked a little bit about it. They have this new multifunction router base. Uh, it does a lot of things. I think if you're just looking at edge guide um, functionality, a lot of that you still have in the Festool Edge Guide. Festool makes what is probably uh, the best edge guide on the market. You know, assuming that the uh, Woodpeckers is not on the market. And technically, it's not yet, right? Uh, I think it's... A, is it a one-time tool? I think I have it right here. Let's check. Is it one of the one-time tools? Scheduled to ship late July. You know what's funny? It doesn't say one-time tool, though. Maybe this is just... Uh, 
See, sometimes woodpeckers knows that a product is going to be one that they want to offer um, over and over, so they just turn it into a regular product. And mm -hmm. this might be one of those. I don't see anything about a one-time tool here. Yeah, it just says add to cart. Okay, so the multifunction router base, go there, watch the videos. It does a lot of things. Um, in terms of being an edge guide, is it a significant improvement over the Festool edge guide in that one function? No, I mean, there's things that it can do. It, it actually has uh, the availability to expand and do much longer lengths than you can with the rods that come with the Festool edge guide. But the micro adjustability on the edge guide on the Festool is fantastic. I think it's probably comparable in that sense. But what you get here that's very different is a lot of other functions. This thing can do a ton of things. It's fairly large. It's a little bit cumbersome when you're thinking if you're only thinking edge guide you look at this thing you go whoa that's a lot of meat like there's a lot of other stuff going on there but that's where you get the other functions right so it does circle cutting it does i actually haven't really investigated i don't have one yet but i know it does a lot of other things so if you're looking for that kind of system empower had that other system mm -hmm. where you can do all these different things and the edge guide aspect is just one of those things that it can do. So if all that looks interesting to you, it looks like a good system. Woodpeckers makes good stuff, and this checks a lot of boxes that a um, you know a Festool Edge Guide alone is not going to check. So I had a question here from. I'm sorry, I just assumed you were done. I am done. Sometimes I'm not done, but <laughs> I, I should be yeah, done. Yeah, that's kind of when I I'm like. Oh, I got an opening. <laughs> Go for it, Nicole. <laughs> Scott Wallace wants to know. Good morning. I was wondering. If a miter joint on a plywood cabinet is a good idea, how can you protect the outside edge from damage without a roundover? I don't like it. I mean, plywood has a very thin veneer. So when you bring that miter together, you have uh, what can kind of be a fragile corner on there. Um, if you round it over, like you're saying, you then expose, you know, you go through the, um, the veneer layer and you get down to the, um, to the core of the plywood. Uh, so, I mean, you can do this. It's something that people do all the time. It's certainly possible. Uh, it's just not my favorite material to put in a case miter joint like that. Um, I, no matter what you do, I would recommend reinforcing it if you can. Get a spline in there or biscuits, dominoes, something. Um, dominoes might be tricky. So, Ryan also said, what's your recommended joinery method for mitering plywood joints without a domino? Is that Are they similar biscuits. kind of Yeah, questions? kind of. <clears throat> along the same lines, biscuits. Uh, I mean, really, with plywood, you're talking about uh, layers that are crisscrossing, right? Mm -hmm. So when you put them together, you actually can get a decent glue joint in there, assuming you have a good 45 um, without a lot of air gaps in there and you get some decent clamping pressure. But again, I just don't think plywood is a great candidate unless maybe you're using shop-made materials. So you have shop home sawn veneer on there and now you've actually got close to an eighth of an inch skin on the outside that's something i can get behind because you got a little bit more material to work with so um I, it's just something unless i absolutely had to do it i would never do it um just because it, it, it sends me down a path of inconvenience and problems <laughs> that makes sense <clears throat> okay shane myers says i noticed in your outfeed build table video you were using the woodpeckers track square for your guide rail do you find that the adjustability makes it less reliable for cutting square? Trying to decide between woodpeckers and TSO, but wasn't sure if the adjustability would end up being a negative instead of a positive. Okay, I can tell you, Shane, maybe twice I have moved that thing off of 90, and then I moved it back, and it hasn't budged. Uh, the fact that the adjustability is there, almost 100% of my cuts are square cuts. And the one thing I love about that is every time I go to use it, I go, you know, it's been a couple of months since I used that. I better check this cut and make sure it's square. 
and I'll be darned, it's square. Uh, so the fact that the adjustability is there, if you don't touch it, I can definitely say it's not going to move on its own. It seems to really lock down and hold its setting. The couple of times that I've moved it to a different angle, it hasn't really created a problem for me, but I don't do it frequently. So I can't even tell you for sure uh, if, you, if this is something you're doing uh, routinely that it's going to be a problem. I don't know. Um, but for me, it hasn't been so far because ultimately I don't make a lot of angled cuts with that. Um, really most of what I'm trying to do is make a square cut on the end of a piece of plywood and that's what I use it for. That's what I use it for. <clears throat> Got a question here from David Hernandez. Can you give some suggestions for a good tea, table saw overhead dust collection? I was like, what's a TS table saw? Yeah. Uh, right now my paramedic uh, throws out so much dust. Yeah. You, you, do you have one? Yeah. Sort it's of? not connected to anything. I was going to say, it doesn't look like... You know, there's a couple brands. I don't follow this area very closely. I have a Brett Guard. It was made by HTC. They don't make it anymore. Um, it had a little uh, maybe two inch or two and a quarter inch um, hose connection that did absolutely nothing. So I don't connect it anymore because it's just a waste of time. <clears throat> there are other brands out there. Excalibur is one of the nicer ones that you'll find out there. Um, some of these are meant to connect to a bigger dust collection system, not just like a shop vac. Uh, so if you can get that four inch hose in there, maybe the dust collection is better. And maybe if the shroud is larger, you have the ability to catch more of that airborne stuff. With my setup, it was just useless. Um, Excalibur would be the one I would check out. But I think our chat room is going to be the place to go for other recommendations because there are other brands and other models out mm -hmm. there. I'm just not familiar with them. There you go. I uh, got a question here from Ruben. Do you have a recommendation for a router table? Um, I, I would have preferred Ruben ask me if I have a recommendation for a good sandwich. Yeah. Gotcha. Got it? I got it. It's pretty good, right? What was the question? <laughs> he just wants a recommendation for a router table. A router table? Yeah. Doesn't MLCS <clears throat> have router tables? They usually give me, give me one to give away for yeah. the uh, woodworkers fighting cancer. You got your MLCS. You got your Jessam. You got your Incra. You got your Woodpeckers. You got your Craig. You got your Rockla. They all make, I don't know why I went Boston there, but <laughs> they, they are all pretty darn good. I mean, <laughs> a lot of times when it comes to these rounder tables, they really differ in their creature comforts. Yeah. They're all going to well, work. Well, look at just I'm going to MLCS's website right here and just searching. Is it because they're a sponsor, Nicole? They are a sponsor. <laughs> Is that why that's happening? And they also have a guild discount. <laughs> full disclosure. Yes, full Hashtag ad. <laughs> Not really. But I will say. But she's throwing some love. There's a, they have a ton of different ones. It's like the yeah. extension cast iron. They're the they really do. I didn't realize they had such a variety. There's a huge variety of them. So I the think tilting table. It's going to differ in your creature comforts. A um, couple of things just to look out for. The plate, the little inserts that go in that you can size to the size of the bit. Some of them are made out of metal. Some are made out of plastic. Some are made with Cast metal. Cast iron. That's metal. <laughs> yeah. But the inserts aren't made out of cast iron. Right, right, right. No. But this one is made out of. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks, Nicole. Um, always a pleasure. I know. Uh, so depending on what you do, you may want plastic or you may want metal. Now, sometimes uh, these, especially if they're metal, you want some level of adjustability. Because when that pops down into that opening, if it sits high, when it's metal, you can't do anything about that unless you can kind of adjust that height a little bit. So some people prefer the like phenolic inserts. Because once you have one of those, if it sits high, you know what you can do? You can actually get a block plane and you can plane it down a little bit so that you don't get caught up on it. Um, for me personally, after trying a few different ones, I've 
uh, gone to metal. Um, I really like the Incra setup. I like the fact that the inserts snap in with magnets. So you get a real good positive lock in there. And then they have a little shroud that you could put on the underside of the router table that surrounds your router that you could hook up to dust collection. And then also has an offshoot that goes into the fence. So the insert itself, you uh, they sell regular metal ones, but they also sell ones that are very perforated. It's not the right word, but there's a lot of um, air holes and air strips in there that allow the dust to get sucked down into that thing. So that's why I went with the Incra. The dust collection on it is absolutely fantastic. Everything is rock solid. And then the micro adjustability of the fence. Um, I don't necessarily like micro adjustability everywhere, like the table saw, <clears throat> but on the router table, I find that incredibly handy. How about dialing in a sliding dovetail? Doing that without a micro adjustment system, it's very much trial and error, a little tappy tap tap. Uh, you know, with a little dial on the Incra, you can kind of just dial it in every thousandth. It's pretty amazing. So I fall in favor of the Incra. That's why I have that one. Um, but there are so many good brands out there. It's really hard to just pick one that's definitely better than the rest. They've all kind of got their crap together. So someone had asked me about the Guild. So I sent a link to our member benefits with the Guild. And I uh, got a question here from uh, Bradding. He said, I purchased the plans for the Outfeed assembly table. Does that... Yeah garner guild membership and unfortunately they are separate because that's just a plan uh when you come into the guild you're, you got foggy my coffee fogged up my glasses when you come into the guild it's that's how hot it it's is it's not just plans in the guild so it's yeah. uh if you look at the prices you'll see the the, the differences they're between. priced accordingly yeah we do something very different on the free site i make a video the video is fairly short you know because it's for that environment it's not as long as the productions in the guild and as a result, the plan itself is beefier. It's a 30, I think for the outfeed table, it's like mm -hmm. a 35-page plan with written instructions. But I still expect you to watch the video to fill in any gaps. In the guild, the video is the instruction manual. Yeah. There is no written manual. So you get a PDF, but it's just images and measurements and a cut list. The video is your instruction manual. So it's a very different offering, but we understand that we're just easy. one company. So it can be, it's not as clear as it could be, I guess, that... There's the TWW public site, which has videos and plans, and some of those plans cost a few bucks. Yeah. And then on the guild, everything, except for the free um, free tier project. Except. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's not confusing at all. We should get a big piece of paper, and I'm going to try to simplify this. <laughs> it's uh, Hopefully, if you go to each website, it should be clear when you get there. Yeah. We do our best to communicate that. Uh, let's see. Where am I? Kim. I don't know. Kim says, uh, my partner would like to thank you for your advice on not multitasking with projects. I have more motivation to finish as I want to move on to more exciting projects. Uh, I did get an I told you so. Partners are great for that, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely, my next project is an outfit assembly table. Good timing. Um, watched your build today and wondering, do the wheels get in the way when working? I am really uh, good at kicking my toe. Not in my case, Kim, and I'll tell you why. I've got a little bit of an overhang that accounts for some of those wheels sticking out. Uh, once the little leg, the little uh, thing, you know, the little flippy thing, once it's in the up position, I would say that's protruding maybe three inches off of the cabinet. Uh, well, at least I would say two inches of that is accounted for with an overhang. That just is something that helps your, your mind and body sort of uh, instinctively avoid that area but you still have an inch to account for, right? Well, I have my Incra miter gauge attached to the side of the cabinet with a handle that sticks out. 
So seeing all that stuff on the side is a, at least for me, I don't know if you just randomly trip over things, um, but my eyes see this and I kind of instinctively navigate around it. I have not I don't know. Our once. son trips over air a lot of times. <clears throat> True. Like, he trips over his own toes. I'm like, why are you falling? There's nothing but around you. But you see over there, that's what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's something where I think if you have enough obstacles there, your eye just kind of sees it better and then you don't trip over it because you avoid it. So for me, it hasn't been a problem. My last question here is from Will Hooper. He says, I have a helical head in my jointer and planer, and the wood comes out pretty darn smooth. Should I still start the sanding process at a lower grit, 60 to 80, or is it okay to start off at a mid-grit, 120, 150, and work up to uh, 220? All right, first of all, if your stuff coming off of your, your jointer and planer requires 60 grit, you uh, you got to look at, at maybe calibration, new blades, or something. Like 60 is insanely low. I don't think I... I've got some 60 grit, and it stays up on the shelf for when I need to maybe do like a refinishing project, and I want to just grind the crap out of a finish to remove it. Um, for regular woodworking, power tool woodworking, you should not need 60 for anything. Uh, lecture over. 80 grit is still pretty darn low. You shouldn't need that either, but sometimes if you have a real, you know, maybe your, your jointer needs a good sharpening and got a nice washboard effect, uh, you'll save time by just hitting it with 80 and then going from there. But if it's already coming off pretty darn smooth, you go with the lowest grit you have to. Like, get away with as much as you can. So if it's coming off of your tools really smooth, <coughs> really smooth, <coughs> there's absolutely no reason to start low. Start at 120, start at 150. There are some jointers and planers out there that leave such a smooth cut. All you have to do is hit it with your finish grit, 180 or 220, and you're done, right? It's all about the visual appearance of the surface, and you don't see flaws in the surface, then don't worry about going down to a lower grit. Got a question here, <clears throat> so let me talk. Yeah, please do. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, can't, <clears throat> I'm going to write a memoir. It's going to be called My Battle with Phlegm. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. It's going to be a good one. It'll be a sticky story. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You got a question here from Brian L. Uh, you've talked about making alder look. Oh, wait. You've talked about making alder look like cherry. How? Yeah. Stain? Mm. Have you talked about it? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. They call it poor man's cherry. Ah, do you have a video? You don't have a video, do you? It might have been discussed early on in like the arts and crafts table that yeah. I built. We're talking again like the early five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe teens. And I used Alder for that project. I may have discussed it in that video, but holy moly, that's a while ago. I don't yeah. remember. But uh, I, may, I mean, I may have brought it up in live stuff. Is it stain that you do? <clears throat> you stain? I don't think you really need to. The good thing about Alder is it kind of looks like. So cherry goes through color changes, right? Mm -hmm. So when you first finish it, it kind of has a little bit of a pinkish salmon color, but it mostly can be described as a light to medium brown. Alder is light to medium brown and stays that way. So alder is really cool because it kind of stays in that early cherry family. Mm -hmm. If what you like is dark aged cherry, alder's not going to get you there, but you might be able to stain to get there. Um, the idea basically is that alder... The grain pattern kind of looks similar to cherry and can pass for cherry in a lot of ways. David so. David says that coffee equals phlegm. <clears throat> Stop it. <laughs> don't talk to me about that. <clears throat> <clears throat> don't tell me what I don't want to know. <laughs> <clears throat> I've already cut down on milk to try to help this, and now you want to take my coffee? Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, all of my 
habits tend to lead to this outcome. Yeah. And these are things I love about life. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather quit the show. <laughs> so I can sit in my office uh, by myself we need a, a, drinking a, coffee a little and mute, never doing a show. A mute button for you. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, Brian wants to know, I know this has been discussed, so I apologize. What are the two to three most versatile hand planes to own? And what is the best mid-range brand? Not least or most expensive i don't know on the brands uh, yeah. wood river maybe i hear some people giving mixed results with wood river planes um best three well you, you can cover the whole gamut really i mean you don't have to do i'm sure you, you aren't necessarily going to be doing a ton of uh rough milling with your with your tools so kind of what i have here on the wall you've got a smoothing plane block plane and then i have a jack but you can get you know a, a jointer plane a seven or an eight um, you're basically, Chris Schwarz described this the best uh, in a video that he did. He probably even has an article on this. Coarse, medium, and fine. You always want to think, and it's the same thing with power tools. We have things that do the, the coarse work, the medium work, and then the finishing work. So if you're thinking about your hand planes that way, uh, that will also help. Now I throw the block plane in because I don't think you need the coarsest level, uh, especially if you are either buying your material that's kind of somewhat surfaced or you have access to a jointer and planer, you certainly don't need a scrub plane, right? That's the lower coarse end. Um, so that's why I'm saying you're basically going with your medium, which would be your jack plane, and your fine, which would be your smoother, and then throw in a block plane because it's a good utility plane. And then of course, whole different topic if you want to get into the joinery planes. We just got two <coughs> new YouTube members. I want to say thank you to Rick uh, Escanadon. I'm sorry. Uh, and then Jay David Slow. Yep. Did I say it right? Slow? 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 <laughs> hey, you never know what I'm going to do when I, when I try to say your name. It's all right. Yeah. Let's see. We got another question here from Nick Gutterman. Ah, I'm late. What Whoa. did I miss? Everything. <laughs> What's the difference between using the Inker 1000 HD with no sled versus the Inker 5000 with a sled? Didn't you do a whole guild meeting about the Incra 5000 and the yeah, 1000? Yeah, there was a guild meeting about it. We did a, a guild meeting, right? <clears throat> yeah. Well, the difference is, if I'm understanding your question, it's a miter gauge versus a sled. So all the differences between miter gauges and sleds apply. A miter gauge is something where the work is still riding and contacting the table surface. So sometimes that friction can play into how good it feels to, to make the cuts on that. Uh, a sled is something where the workpiece is actually immobilized. Um, it's not really sliding on anything. It's on a carriage that's being carried through the cut, uh, which tends to feel better, I think, for most people. So the real differences there are just a miter gauge is a miter gauge, and a sled is something that has a little bit more functionality to it. Um, and especially if you look at shop-made sleds, Inker 5000 is fantastic if you just want to buy a solution. That's what I use. Uh, but you can also build some great sleds. I mean, YouTube is full of videos about table saw sleds, and you could build one yourself for fairly um, little money and get something pretty good out of it. Um, but the differences come down to really that platform. It's that everything is sitting on a platform versus something that's dragging across the saw. Heather just wants to know, how do I join the full, be a full guild member? You just simply buy a project from the woodwhisperguild.com. You know what's um, funny about this? Not to interrupt you. Heather's picture just kind of, it's a really nice picture mm -hmm. of a lady. Kind of looks like stock photography. Mm. And then the question almost seems like a planted question. It does a little bit. This yeah. all seems a little too convenient, Heather. Heather. you're setting us up. <laughs> Do I owe you money at this point? 
That's fantastic. <laughs> the projects range anywhere from $25 all the way up to $120, depending on the project itself. But yeah. you, once you purchase a project from the Guild site, you're a member for life. And there's a whole spiel on the member benefits. Mm -hmm. and, and there are two free projects that you mm -hmm. can get there, the Dovetailed Step Stools and the Picture Frames series. Um, not as in-depth as the other projects in the Guild, but a little bit of a taste. Um, and most importantly, it gets you in the system and gets you on the website so you could see what it looks like. I, I mean, look, let's be honest. There's a lot of uh, Zoom classes that you could take now. Mm -hmm. There are people who are trying to do things like the Guild, where it's an online course or they're selling you know, detailed plans. Everybody's kind of doing something a little bit different. And some of it is better than others, right? So yeah. I think it's important to be able to get inside there and actually see what this environment looks like, what kind of support there is, what's in store before you actually put any money out. Um, yeah, and the guild's been there forever, so I think if we were, if we were doing if we were we... doing something wrong, you'd probably know it yeah. by now. And I <clears> think but, a lot yeah, of the projects out. too have um, there's like a review section on yep. a lot of them too. Mm -hmm. So look around, and and that's honestly a lot of people ask what projects should I start with, and yeah. it's just. What do you want to build? Heather says she's not a plant. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Sounds like Heather is going for a good buddy status, Robert said. <laughs> yeah. You can see. Well, my good buddy Heather just said, uh, I came in on the tail end of the first oh. conversation about it. I'm a school she, teacher. She's a school teacher. Oh. Well, thank you, for your, uh, thank yeah. you for your work. You guys don't get thanked enough. No, you don't. Believe me. Our, uh, the one that's dealing with my son today. I would like to thank her right now for I, occupying I, him for a few hours yes. so we don't have to. I, uh, I I made sure to treat them well during the holiday. Actually, I, I they have Amazon wish lists too, so I just sent them a bunch of stuff they wanted yeah. for their classroom. So I think it's important. I mean, I believe the children are the future. You teach them well, let them lead the way. Gotcha. Okay. For the young ones that don't know what he's doing, he's referencing a song from the 80s. There's nobody young in this chat room, Nicole. There, yes, there it's could a be. bunch of old people. There could be somebody young in that It's all of, us, all of us olds. So I think uh, Kevin Windsor has a question about oh, AARP that God. I'd like to answer. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh, my God. What else? Uh, Weichels? Weikers? Weikers Woodcraft. I am... Um, Sure, I'm mispronouncing that. What are your thoughts on commercially made flip tables? I currently have a craftsman with a space for three tools. I'm considering a flat top bench with under storage for my bench top tools. What in the hell are we talking a flip, about? A flip table. Okay, so one of those multi-purpose yeah, tables, yeah, yeah. like I uh, think so. Brad from Fix This Build That has one of those. So let me see the question. I don't know. It's right here. <laughs> commercially made flip tables. You know, flip tape, like anytime you have a multitasking thing, it's a compromise, right? So when we talk about joiner, planer, combo machines, I mean, unless you spend tons of money, you tend to sacrifice quality. And even when you spend tons of money, what you sacrifice is convenience because now you got to switch back and forth between the two modes. Um, so multi-use things always have that kind of compromise. But if you need the space and this is going to allow you to fit more tools into a space then go for it. Like, it's not something I would do unless I absolutely had to do it, but uh, that's where these ideas come from. You know, the whole necessity is the mother of invention, right? You need to do it because you need the space. So I'm in favor of it. If it is a safe um, and, and proven design that gets good reviews, go for it. Um, but look at, uh, 
Uh, what's his name? Brad Rodriguez from Fix This, Build That has one of the most popular ones out there. Um, it's probably got gazillions of views on the video. Um, he's got a multi-rotating like thing that he made that seems like a really good one. So I, I, I put the link to the Whitney Houston song that Mark was referencing. What? Come on. <laughs> People don't know that? Uh, Mr. Rip Sag says, I, Rippin Ripper Sag says, I'm 33 and didn't catch the reference. Come on. <laughs> Well, even if you didn't catch the reference, you go, man, Mark's really a thoughtful guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really believes in the children. <laughs> they are the future. Oh, yeah. Really, they're, all, they're the future by default. By, by default. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. This is true. <laughs> I got uh, another oh, question. You have any, anything you want? I like it when you throw questions up from, yeah, the, me too. from the chat. I, I really do. So do you want to do that or you don't want to do uh, that? Uh, hold on. <laughs> Because I could get you another question. I'm looking. Someone's asking about Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, somebody asked what the Banhammer is. If you're new here, the Banhammer is just that. A ban. A hammer with the word ban on it. Yeah, uh, I, I just answered this question yesterday. What? Which is, I'm surprised people this? don't know. So I guess maybe if it's you a, haven't moderated a yeah, forum. It's a play on words. Yeah, so there's a thing called banning people from <laughs> online communities. Uh, which and, we run multiples on Facebook. We have one called the Woodworking Community, which has over 50,000 people in it. Yeah. Probably some bots. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, they're people. Sure. And then we also have... They're people-ish. <laughs> We have the guild Facebook. So if you're a guild member, there's only about 5,000 people in that group. And the Wood Talk Online Forum. The Wood Talk Online Forum. And anyway, then, the point is anyway. when you ban someone and you kick them out, essentially, um, people will say you're throwing down the ban hammer or you're hitting them with the ban hammer, uh, which is just an expression. And one of our mods, um, uh, Scott. Scott. <laughs> Space it on this. Scott's building. I saw. I saw on his Instagram. He's building the gaming coffee table. Oh, really? It's looking Scott really good. Scott Hampshire. Uh, he. We actually met up in uh, Seattle, mm -hmm. and he brought this in. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. And he's like, it's yours. I was like, oh. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> this thing is fantastic. So the Banhammer lives on the wall and uh, has a place of honor mm -hmm. always. <laughs> okay, I do have a couple questions. Good, Mister Flat Skater. I like Mr. Fliskater. <laughs> Any tips on joining long boards on a small jointer? Yeah, start off straight. The problem is a small jointer doesn't have a long bed. And the shorter the bed, the less reference surface you have and the more straight you need to be to get started. Right. So if you have the ability, maybe uh, a circular saw and a straight 2x4. I said that in a... I said that in a video recently and got a lot of uh, laughs about that because finding straight two by fours is actually much harder than it sounds. Um, but maybe a metal stud, something to guide that saw. If you can hit the edge with that, uh, that will actually get you mostly straight and you could just do the fine tuning on your smaller jointer. Um, you also could use a hand plane. So if you have a board that's got a really, you know, we're just talking about edges right now. You got a big bow in it like that. Uh, or a cup, you can just hit the high spots. Use your hand plane. You don't, don't have to be perfect with the hand plane. Just get the high spots so that you kind of have a mostly flat edge and then use the jointer. I think if you start with really whacked out pieces on a small jointer, you will never get there. It will constantly, you know, do whatever it's going to do with that weird shape as it goes through and the piece kind of moves up and down on the bed. So 
um, get it as straight as possible first and go from there. <laughs> John said, thank you for relieving me of the pain trying to remember who sang that song. I was right there with you. I actually just typed in the words of the lyrics. Because you couldn't remember. <laughs> I couldn't remember either. I believe the children are the future. All right. Um, oh, my God. So J. David Slaw says, oh, that's our alarm. How often do you do the live show? Every Friday. Every Friday. Same we've, time. We've been doing this live show every Friday since 2014. 2014. In fact, you can find on our website, we actually have a section on thewoodwhisperer.com just for the live show. Um, You can find it on YouTube too, but it kind of looks more impressive when you go to the website. Okay, we got some good questions here. What's a good question? How do you grow your business even more, says Nick. Nick, you look young. If that's you, you are young. If that's not you, maybe maybe it's a son. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. <clears throat> How do you grow your business even more? Well, that's a very broad kind very of question. Big question. It's a big question. Uh, you do you do more of what works, right? That's one way. And there's a lot of answers to this question. I'm just going to give you one because it's a it's a short show. Um, you know, if you find something that works or something that has success, you're building something and and it sells well. Make more of that, right? Lean into the things that are working for you and get rid of the things that are not working for you. Um, you know, for us, you know, we tend to expand into other areas, right? So mm-hmm. this live show was an example. We wanted to grow that side of the business, the community sort of outreach side of the business. So we leaned into that and kept investing in it. And now we have a show that we think does fairly well and people, yeah. people seem to tolerate. So it's I have good. fun. It's the only time I really talk to you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, of course. <laughs> On the surface level, you know, you grow your business by advertising. You make people aware of your business and uh, do great things and let people know about it. It's not always the easiest thing to do. That's very uh, generic advice. Yeah, we have some talks that we've done over the years. I'll see if I can find them uh, and put them in the show notes. Uh, Joe Southern says, is the guild the same thing as Woodworkers Guild? No. Well, hold on. I'm thinking he's referencing Woodworkers Guild of America. Yeah, there's Woodworkers Guild of America. WWGOA? Mm-hmm. Not, Not us. us. We actually started around the same time and con- coincidentally ended up with names that sound similar. But that's a natural name because in the woodworking world, you have things called woodworkers associations and woodworkers guilds. Mm-hmm. And guilds, it's just a natural thing for crafts, uh, crafts people uh, that group together. Or if you play World of Warcraft. Or if you're a Warcraft <laughs> fan or, you know, probably other uh, MMOs. Yep. Uh, so guild was just the natural word to use to say we're a serious group of people who are getting together to learn the craft and share information about the craft. So WWGOA is a very different product than what we offer mm-hmm. in the Wood Whisperer Guild. Yeah. Not the same thing. Uh, thank you, Gerald R., for becoming a YouTube member. Did you see the super chat that came in from... Uh, where'd it go? M-P-A Kirk? M-P-A Kirk? There it is. Okay. It seems Nicole is way out of your league. Was it your great taste in tools that attracted her to you? No, it wasn't my taste in cars either. No, it was his taste in electronics and technology. Yeah, she liked my TiVo, my Dreamcast, and uh, my sense of humor. I liked, yes, you made me laugh. That was a big part of it. That's it. The technology, he, he... he was a, a forward thinker. Well, and I, I try to express this to Mateo as much as possible. It's like, look, if you can't, if you can't be good looking, you better be funny. You're good looking. I don't know why. I, people, have a, I, have I think a, he's, you're paying me a compliment, but you're not. I have a, a mostly tolerable face. And, 
And I think it's very important to develop one's personality if you can't rely on like just having a great body or uh, being super good looking. You better be interesting. Look, I was not an attractive child, so I developed a personality too. <laughs> yeah, but then you like, blossomed. You see, seen the, I had these pictures of me with these horrible bangs. I like your bangs. I had some gnarly bangs. I think even like my sixth grade uh, school picture, I even cut my own bangs and so they're like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, joints yeah. or bed extensions, good idea. I don't think so. Um, a joint or bed extension, think about if you, okay, go watch my video on setting up a jointer. Look at the effort I went through to get two pieces of cast iron in alignment with one another and then translate that to how well that's going to work for an extension. Now the caveat to this is if you just need like a little bit of extra support but you're not counting on it being completely coplanar with your infeed and outfeed, then you might be able to get away with it. There have been times where I've put a roller stand as close as I could as like to be even with my beds but it's you know a few feet out. And it kind of gets you there, but if you're counting on it to be a true extension that's accurate, that's hard to do. Um, so just make sure you don't have too high of an expectation for what that thing can do for you, uh, because it might actually cause more problems than it, than it solves. PodCamp. We did a thing called PodCamp years ago. Mark and I did the, the intro to it. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I wonder if they still have that recording out there. I'm not sure, but I'll check. Mm -hmm. There was a question from uh, Tim... Tim JB, he wanted to know how your mail yeah. order pizza was. You still got two it was. It was not, yeah, I got a, okay, so when you cook a pizza and then you wrap it in saran wrap and ship it across the country, you can't have really high expectations, right? <laughs> the flavor was decent. Uh, the, the thing is, actually, with this particular tomato pie um, pizzeria, I've never been there. My mom knew about it. She said they used to be in Trenton and they moved out to um, Seaside. Seaside Heights. Uh, so a lot of people do know them, but I didn't because it just wasn't around. Um, so I don't even have a basis to compare it. Like if I could get the places I used to go to to ship me a pizza, then I can actually compare that to, you know, flavor, texture, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the basis to compare it. That said, it was a good pizza, um, but I think the next time I cook it, I might have to kind of bring it to life a little bit, maybe with a few drips of olive oil on the top because uh, it was a little dry seeming. Um, but overall, it was a taste of Jersey, and that was pretty good. It was it was a fun surprise Valentine's Day It was, day it gift. was fantastic. Uh, I'm so thoughtful. You really are. <laughs> what did I give you? The, the night off of putting Ava down at no, bedtime? I, I, I got you lobster tails. Oh, and yeah. And crab. Gotcha, yeah. It's kind of more of a gift for me, though, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> okay. It's all right. All right, it's we're all right. good? I don't need anything for Valentine's Am Day. Am I a, a big Bruce Springsteen fan? Well, who's not a fan of the boss, right? So, but no. Um, <laughs> Bruce is great, but so, uh, not something I listen to a lot. No. So, go ahead. so Rob keeps asking about egg cream. I don't know what he, I don't even know what he's talking about. What is egg cream? It's a thing. What is it? I don't know. Oh, okay. I've never heard of one. I don't know one. what it is. I thought maybe he was talking about the Cadbury. Cadbury cream eggs? Because you have a couple of those in the fridge. Yeah. That I got you. I, uh, I love you. I don't know. What's that? Isn't it a drink? I don't know. An egg cream? <laughs> like a, a dessert drink? Hey, Nick followed up. He says, I'm 17 and own my own woodworking business. Well, Take look, some business classes. Seriously. Yeah, get out. If you're into woodworking and crafting and making things. Um, Learn the business side of it. And, and I'm going to say Marketing. this with love because I, I think there's a lot of people with good insights out there. But get out of our industry and talk to people who run businesses. Yeah. Right? There are people who build things and craft things and they're terrible business people. 
And I think their advice sometimes can be challenging. I think you need to, to make sure you focus on people who run successful businesses in mm -hmm. other areas because a lot of those lessons are applicable and they're lessons that a lot of these people aren't going to teach you, right? Yeah. So I would get outside of our environment. Don't diversify. Just, yeah, definitely diversify and get business advice from people who know business. And then apply that to your woodworking and to your crafting, and you'll be way ahead of everybody yeah. else. You're already ahead because you're 17 and you're thinking and about you're this. And you're thinking about this. That's, that's huge. So good for you. So if you're still in high school, see if you can sign up for like any kind of business class, whether yeah. accounting, know your numbers, know your books, that kind of stuff, marketing. Mm -hmm. Peace all, and love, peace and love. I know he, I was a, so I went to college and I was a business major. He made fun of me because I, well, look, <laughs> I, went to, I went to Ryder, which used to be Ryder Business College. Yeah, yeah. So their business side of, of their education program was it. huge. We partied a lot. And the people who were in the business <laughs> classes were the ones we made fun of <laughs> because we were jealous. Yeah. Because we were stuck in labs doing experiments and yeah. working hard while they were the ones who were out having a good time on the weekend. This is true. Yeah, it is what it is, Nicole. An egg cream is a cold beverage consisting of milk, carbonated water, and flavored syrup. Despite the name, the drink contains neither eggs nor cream. Interesting. It's like grape nuts. No grapes, no nuts. I know. What's the deal here? All right. Anyway, uh, I think we're pretty good, right? We're done? Yeah, I, I'm sure I missed a few. Actually, we did get a super chat come in from Aaron Fenn. <laughs> what? So, all right. Worth, uh, worth the effort. Quality, uh, woodwork quality woodworkers aspire to lower middle class as the pinnacle of success. There's some truth there. It's a, it's a lot it's, of work. It's a challenge when you're passionate about um, an art form or something like mm -hmm. that. A lot of times it's the business education that goes by the wayside because you're so focused on your craft and your art. And it's a, a challenge to do both at the same time. So some of the most talented woodworkers out there um, are barely eking out a living because they don't really have a mind for business. But they really have a mind for creating the things they well, make. And you should know, we... Started the Wood Whisperer back in 2006 as a way to document Mark's custom furniture business, and it was I was going to use it as a marketing tool to show customers to say, "Look what it takes to build this." Or like, this is part of what you get yeah. is a, a documented experience of your table being built. Turns out that wasn't that good of a selling point. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but then people are like, hey, make more videos hey, on building love, stuff. We, would we love like this. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to put that yeah, up there? Super Aaron chat. Fenn says, uh, loving your Q&A lives. Um, also, oh, shout out. Q&A. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Also, um, shout out to check out Worth Effort's new turning class. Okay. That's who we just uh, put yeah, up we on just, there. Yeah, Worth Effort. Okay. Where's your, uh, what is it? Worth Effort? What's his website? Probably WorthEffort.com. What's your website, man? What is it? Everyone <laughs> wants to know. Hold on. WorthEffort.com. It's got to be. He's owned that, that, that uh, name for a long time. Speaking of online classes, I'm actually, I signed up for a wood burning class um, from uh, Taz Boards. I'm excited about it. Yeah. His, wi that. his wife is a wood I saw burner. what you signed up for, and it's a couples class. Yes. And I was like... Are you going to talk to me about this? I didn't know I was getting into pyrography. <laughs> You're going to join me. We'll see about that. They're going that. to send me all the stuff, and then we're going to do some wood burning. You know I have wood burning tools, right? Well, I don't. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> uh, Bob has a great question. Let's finish on a, a you know, potentially awkward sponsor question. 
I see you're a Powermatic supporter. Would you upgrade to a saw stop? <clears throat> Who says it's an upgrade, Bob? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that it really is. Yeah. Uh, Powermatic. I think that's a back and forth relationship. I'm a supporter of Powermatic, but they were a supporter of us yeah. as well since the beginning. I think SawStop is a great technology, and I think anyone getting into the market right now or getting into the craft right now probably should be looking at SawStop as a you know top contender for their table saw. Um, but it's a weird time still for this market because it's a technology that really should be applied across all saws. It should be something we all have an upgrade option for, but we don't. So unfortunately, that leads a lot of people to saw stop. If you don't want to pay the extra money and if you don't necessarily you know, look at what happens with saw stop and how many false positives there are, uh, people who are just not paying attention and they hit it with an aluminum fence. And it's not just, I mean, you can get hurt other ways. There are, there's, yeah, it's only addressing one type of safety thing and that's a cut. Uh, but most people who have a problem with a table saw wind up getting a kickback to the gut. That's mm-hmm. going to happen if you're doing things wrong on a Powermatic or on a SawStop. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. Uh, this is not a diss to Powermat or to to uh, SawStop at all. Uh, I do think you should be looking at SawStop, but don't think that it is going to solve all of your safety problems with a table saw. It only solves one problem. Um, but it is a very good saw. Uh, I hear their instructions and the assembly instructions and the packaging is all really really good. Um, but you know there are a lot of people who just make the conscious choice to go with a different brand because they like what that brand offers. Um, so for me personally, you know, it would be nice to have the safety feature, especially since I have an employee now, which kind of changes my mm-hmm. thoughts on on risk and things like that. When it's only me, it's a, a different story. Um, <laughs> but understand that I've got a, a working relationship with Powermatic, um, and it would be really stupid of me to get a saw stop. <laughs> Right? If we're being frank about it. And the PM2000, I had a PM66, then upgraded to a PM2000. It has served me well, and I tend to be pretty darn safe because I have to be. I'm teaching people. So I try to be as safe as I can around the saw. And the truth is, if you are safe around the saw, you should be fine. Kenneth said the saw, in attention. Uh, saw stop patent is up in August. Can't they renew that, though? These things always have, a, like, you always hear yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hasn't the Festool Domino patent expired 10 times already? Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. you hear about these things, and then somehow nothing happens. So I'm sure if there's a legal loophole for SawStop to continue the stranglehold on the technology, they will do that, mm-hmm. right? If there's any way to have it done, they will do it. Um, that's just the way the, the current climate is mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, guess what? It's time for the after show. We're wrapping up this show. We talk primarily about woodworking here, mm-hmm. but we have an after show for Patreon and YouTube supporters where we talk just about anything. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a good time. I already have a ton of questions lined up for, for that show. Tim JB says Cremona uses a saw stop. Yep. Cremona got a saw stop for free, so. <laughs> I mean, make, make of that what you will. Well, Again, nothing's not, free. Nothing's free. Should we talk about that? Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I agree. Nothing is free. Cremona worked hard for anything he has. Yes, he has. Except for his wife. I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> hey, someone can say that about me. I know. I, about I know. Him. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for watching, everybody. Um, we'll be here again next yep, week. Next week. Every week Every on week, Friday. 9.30 Mountain Time okay. in the morning. Cool. And we'll see those of you in the after show. Oh, I'll, after show. I'll put a link if you're a Patreon supporter. It's probably helpful that I put a link for and, that. Hey, let's. What's the deal with the giveaway thing? What with do you mean? The, we give away a guild project. I do. And you were saying something about 
Do the members or so YouTube. If you're at the four ninety nine level on YouTube and you make a comment on the post that I put up, or if you're at the five dollar level uh, on Patreon, after the shows are over, I do a little rand- random pull, and okay. somebody gets a free guild project. Well, there you go. I just don't do it here because it takes time. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Well, thank you, everybody, and you have a great weekend. We'll Bye. see you next time. Bye. Bye. What is your question, Adrian? Yeah, so he said that. Oh.